Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this Christmas week edition of Not Rocket Science, the podcast that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and technology. What's going on? This is Sean, your host. Hope you guys are doing well on this, I guess, by the time this is released, Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve, if you're listening right when it comes out, the night before, on the 23rd. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing a-okay. I've been, I was sick. I'm over it. But I kind of tweaked my back the other day. I'm dealing with some pulled muscle type situation right now. It is no bueno. Not fun. Um, by the way, if you guys hear any weird sounds in the background, I apologize in advance. I don't know what's going on today, but... My super and their family are running up and down the stairs in my building yelling. There's been a ton of traffic by me today, like just cars honking nonstop. Super annoying, but very New York at the same time. Um, So yeah, if you hear anything, nothing I can do about it, man. It's the city. It is what it is. But I'll try to do my best to edit out if anything too egregious starts chirping through. Um, All right. All right, all right, all right. It's Christmas time. I already did a Christmas episode last week. I'd go very in the moment with these episodes. Whatever I'm thinking off the top, it's kind of, kind of just wind up doing it because it's hard enough to come up with a show idea every week. So one thing I noticed for this week is I was doing my holiday shopping, right? I'm behind. I think everyone around me is usually behind. Like who who isn't behind with holiday shopping? Is there anyone who's just never behind? They just do that in like October and it's all good, and they're just like going about their business this time of year. Because I've never, I've never been in that situation. I've tried a couple times. Even when you get most of it done, it's that eighty twenty principle that comes back. It's like even if I got eighty percent of it out of the way, that last twenty is the worst twenty. It is awful. So yeah, currently I am trying to finish it. Hopefully, I can finish my shopping either today or tomorrow uh tomorrow hopefully will be it but we shall see um but the reason why i brought that up wasn't to just rant and rave about holiday shopping it was that the other day i found myself on amazon.com stressing myself like i got stressed over this and this is what eats at me you know It's like, all right, you're stressed about holiday shopping. It is what it is. You're buying something for your grandma, for your mom. Yeah, get stressed about that. But I was buying stuff 
for my friends. And not only was I buying stuff for my friends, I was buying stuff on Amazon, and I was buying White Claw t-shirts. And I was stressed because the White Claw t-shirts don't have the two-day shipping. They only have it for the female version, but not the male version. But I'm buying a female and a male version of the White Claw shirt. And I was like, why there's no two-day shipping for the male version? And I'm freaking myself out over the dumbest present of all time. Something that has no impact on anything. It's going to be a pajama shirt. But it went with the theme of the gift. It's all about the theme of the gift. So I'm freaking out. And then I eventually just stop. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? And I wound up finding one, the ugliest shirt that was still a White Claw t-shirt for men's that happened to have two-day shipping. And I just bought it. And I said, I'm done with this. I'm not stressing over this. And it made me think. It made me think, how did we get here as a society where... For Christmas, we are buying spiked seltzer t-shirts and worrying about whether they have two-day shipping on Prime or not. I mean, peak patheticness on my end. So it made me think a little bit about White Claw in general and like as a business case study, I say that loosely, how White Claw pulled it off. Because I like White Claw, you probably like White Claw. Your friends probably like White Claw. Like, there's no real White Claw haters other than people who are haters in general. And those people don't count. You know what I'm talking about. There's the pessimist for the sake of being pessimistic. And those people probably hate White Claw. But eh, they don't count, right? They don't count. Because I'm fairly pessimistic. I'm not trying to be Mr. Fucking Positive with everything. I am not a glass half full guy i try to be oh i try to be i put i try to put that juju out there but you know hint hint it's fake it is fake it's fake i worry about stuff i'm probably a hypochondriac a bit and i like to critique things and i don't mind throwing in a little cynicism if it calls for it you know what i mean it is what it is like i think people are born either more optimist focused or more pessimist focused and that's just baked in you it is what it is if you're trying to be mr optimist because that's what your favorite ceo that wakes up at 4 30 in the morning does you know you could do that i think it's a healthy thing to try to do but at the end of the day that that pessimism or that cynicism um it's gonna be within you it, 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 it that's how i feel about it at least um but my point is everyone likes white claw and i'm pretty pessimistic and i'll drink all right the lime sucks the natural lime flavor is pretty trash but i likes me some mango i likes me some black cherry i am down with the claw so how did white claw pull this off where people are buying christmas presents of white claw non-officially licensed clothing as gifts how did we get here so that's what we're getting into today it's not really a christmas episode but it is for me because it is so far been part of my holiday experience and i don't foresee it not continuing to be a part of my holiday experience so that's the dealio and I just want to get a little bit into White Claw. We're going to get a little businessy, a little bit, but this one's mostly just me uh, sharing 
more personal stories and thoughts on White Claw and why I think it dominates right now. Because there's a lot of flavored seltzer, alcoholic seltzer, malt liquor, seltzer types of brands out there. There's a lot. White Claw was not a pioneer by any stretch. I think the first Spike Seltzer came out in 2012, I think. And I think White Claw didn't come out till late in 2016. So there was a good four year of the Spike Seltzer market being, you know, slowly built up. But, uh, you know, White Claw kind of grabbed that shit up and ran with it. So, what is White Claw? It's not a company, right? It's not a company. I think a lot of you probably know that by now. But if you don't, it's just a brand owned by a company named Mark Anthony Brands. Now, one of the reasons why White Claw took... It's not all the reasons, but one of the reasons why White Claw dominates this market is because Mark Anthony Brands is an OG in the game company when it comes to uh let's say alternative um alcoholic beverages is that what we would say i don't know what i'm trying to say is they for a long time have been making alcoholic beverages that are not your standard hard liquor beer or wine they are the company that 20 years ago dropped that Mike's Hard Lemonade on us. Yes, Mike's Hard Lemonade is a Mark Anthony Brands product. And uh, I remember back in the day, because Mike's Hard Lemonade came out in 99, I remember in those early 2000s, they were throwing money on advertising. Mike's Hard Lemonade was everywhere. And I don't know what they learned, what they didn't learn, but there's no way they didn't have some takeaways when it came to marketing's Mike's Hard Lemonade for the first time. Um, you know, they spent a good decade pushing that stuff on us, and I think it kind of worked. I mean, as everyone knows what Mike's Hard Lemonade is, there's lots of other hard lemonades that went nowhere. My first fun fact: my first ever alcoholic beverage when I was, I think, like eight or nine years old was something called One-Eyed Jack, and it was basically half lemonade, half beer. It was kind of like an Arnold Palmer half and half, but I think it was like beer and le- like lemonade. Uh, it was called One-Eyed Jack. I could be wrong about that. I just remember it being a carbonated, lemonade-ish alcoholic drink. I had that in the 90s, and uh, that was my first ever drink, and it was like kind of like a Mike's Hard Lemonade, but without all the marketing push. Um, but anyway, point of that is that this company that owns White Claw should know what they're doing to some degree at this point in time. And that gives them, even if they didn't have the first early movers advantage in this space, they were still early enough. And then they have all that experience backlogged into what to do when it comes to building these alcoholic brands. Um... Why else? Well, there's the obvious stuff, right? They push gluten-free a lot. Times is changing. Beer sales are going down. People don't like... I don't like drinking beer. I can barely digest beer, man. My stomach turns into a hot mess if I drink too much beer. Um, And I just think people like beer... There's the microbrew like kind of niche going on where people are really into it, and those are like beer heads, right? But the general alcohol drinking community as a whole, is moving away from beer. Beer sales have been declining overall for the past, like, five to ten years now. 
And, uh, you know, to me, it's just like drinking a yeasty sat. It's like drinking a loaf of bread and some, like, sprouts. Not the taste. I actually do like the taste of beer, but I'm saying the feeling. The feeling of drinking beer to me, if it's not some light beer baloney, is like to put some alfalfa sprouts on three slices of bread and down that shit and see how you feel. That's what beer does to me. Um, that's how I think of it. It's like drinking a salad and drinking yeast. And I think that overall uh, image is not only shared by me. I might have like crystallized it a little more into a clear-cut visual, but I think the feeling of drinking beer, the heaviness of it, is kind of uh, hurting itself a little bit, and also the calorie thing, and then if you get low-calorie beer, you're drinking beer, but it's just watered-down piss at that point. The only low-calorie beer I like is uh, some of the Mexican beers, and that's only if you stick a lime wedge in it. I can get down with that on a nice hot day. Other than that, though, no bueno, las cervezas. Um, so, there's the health angle, the gluten-free angle, and then there's the brand angle. And those are the three things that have really helped White Claw. And the brand is twofold. On one hand, I see, what I think happened with White Claw, really, is that they went and pushed it in one direction as far as the advertising goes. It kind of worked, but then because it kind of worked, it introduced um, its product to a wider audience, and then another type of advertising organically worked on top of it that is different than what they were originally advertising. I'm going to get through all that in a second. That was very broad and vague. But what I'm saying is this. If you look online... There's uh, interviews with execs from Mark Anthony Brands that keep, they do the thing I hate. I hate this. I hate it when corporate executives or whoever do this interview thing. And they're like, well, why do you think your product works so well? And they're like, well, we're trying to push a premium experience onto our consumers. And with the design of the can, we're trying to convey that people are going to have something not out of the ordinary, but a premium first class. It's like, dude, you're talking about fucking white cloth. You're talking about alcoholic water. Cut the shit. Please, you're not selling spas, you're not selling private jets, you're not even selling soap. You are selling water with malt liquor in a can with some fake flavor on top of it. Let's cut it out, because what does premium even mean? Corporate executives love saying premium because it's a word that means nothing. You can throw it on anything like fucking hot sauce premium 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 it's better if you say premium that's all they're doing with this anyway point of that is when they designed the can they made it different than the other like wine cooler drinks in the space they made it less cheap with certain design choices as far as the typography the colors the graphics etc that made it different looking than the stuff that already had a negative rap because wine coolers and those things have a negative rap. Um, and they're trying to get away from that. They're trying to get into what is now like the Whole Foods, Peloton crowd, that crowd. That's who they were initially marketing for. 
and it worked. But those people have kids, and those kids are in college, so they tried it probably at some party in the summertime at the Jersey Shore because that's where all this stuff takes off. White Claw took off on the Jersey Shore. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. A buddy of mine who does sales um, at a high level for uh, food and beverage companies and you know, make you know eight figures annually talked about how the summer so everyone's talking about summer 2019 being like white claws year last summer it exploded everywhere on the jersey shore white claw exploded in 2017 that was the big first year for white claw on the jersey shore there might have been other shores where it was popping off maybe in maryland maybe in florida maybe california i don't know all i know is this thing was a monster Even back then, before Trevor Wallace on YouTube made his White Claw video, you know what I mean? Before people were yelling, no laws when you're drinking the claws. Before companies started coming out with Santa Claus t-shirts, White Claw was popping on the Jersey Shore. And it makes sense. People on the Jersey Shore work out. I mean, you saw the So, for real, the show Jersey Shore... Not really how people are on the Jersey Shore, but there's hints. People are as vain. People still, you know, do gym tan laundry, just not to the same extent. But to me, the reason why White Claw took off on the Jersey Shore is people like to work out. People like to get drunk by the beach. And people like low-calorie stuff that fucks them up. And White Claw checks the boxes off all of that. I think even down to the wave graphic on the uh, on the can it works with beach culture it's something you don't want like drinking beers at the beach there's very few people that actually enjoy drinking beers at the beach other than like corona but most of these like lagers and stouts you don't bring that shit to the beach it just doesn't work bring white claw to the beach that shit works it's lighter it's fruity it's refreshing and there's a damn wave in pelicans or seagulls or whatever on the can All that being said, when it comes to getting drunk at the beach, which is something everybody likes to do, White Claw, I think by accident, just hit the niche, you know? It just worked. Their branding worked with the vibe, and then on top of that, they succeeded in differentiating themselves from other uh, malt-based liquor, seltzer-type things. And um, it took off, and then eventually, because the name's White Claw, and it's easy to rhyme stuff with Claw, you start having these TikTok accounts, these Instagram accounts, making these you know White Claw starter pack memes and like all this other stuff, and it kind of became a joke of itself. But it was something that people liked to partake in and joke about you know what i mean it was one of those things where it's like it's turning into a joke but we still like it like low key like we still like it or high key we still drink this shit even though we make fun of it on the internet and that's what i think is going on with white claw and at the end of the day it's a pretty good product it's a pretty good product with a great name white claw just works um and i think from a branding perspective the other products in the space, like Truly, for example, just don't got it like that. They just don't. What do you do? Like, I'm going to drink a Truly? Like, Truly is just a terrible name. And 
when it comes to at least young people, you know, like the fraternity scenes, Truly's looked at compared to White Claw what Android phones were looked at compared to iPhones in like 2010. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, what are you, poor? Like, that's even, that's where it's coming from, even though it's not true. And to be honest, I think Truly is a better tasting product than White Claw. It has less of this, like, weird kind of chemically aftertaste that White Claw has, and I like their flavor combinations more. But at the end of the day, I don't drink it as much. Why? Because it's just less fun. It's less fun. So what I would like to see is maybe another brand pop up with a name that actually works and isn't truly, right? No one's saying truly. Let's go crush a few trulys. It just doesn't work. Or Bon and Viv, even worse, that offers some sort of flavor alternative or something new to the game. Something that offers something new to the game and has a name that actually worked um because malt cocktail beverages have exploded to you know 574 percent year over year i think according to cnbc um and white claw owns 50 percent of that market you know what i mean white claw owns 50 percent of the malt cocktail beverage space so it is ripe for the picking but you know can't you can't make puns with Trulies or Bon and Vivs? There's no puns. There ain't no Rulies when drinking Trulies just doesn't have the same ring to it. And that's it. That's it. Um, I wonder though. One thing I worry about. And I don't worry about it, but I wonder if uh, bigger vodka companies start trying to get back into the space and retake over. Because I've been saying it for years. White Claws are basically just repackaged Smirnoff Ices. Smirnoff Ice has such a terrible rep, but it's the OG in this game. It's been around forever. But in high school, I used to make fun of Smirnoff Ice. It was looked at as kind of like a Zima. Do you remember Zima back in the 90s? It's just this drink that's just like, who's drinking that? Plus, Smirnoff already is a vodka company. Everyone thinks of Smirnoff as cheap vodka Already, So I think having a clean slate from a brand perspective is also what helped um, White Claw kind of dominate. But uh, yeah, all those reasons basically is why it dominates the niche. And what happened was it was pushed on the Peloton, Peloton Whole Foods crowd. It worked. That gave it its initial first layer of visibility. And then the second wave came where it became an internet meme thing. And here we are now. And... This coming Monday, I will be at a Christmas party, most likely drinking White Claws and handing out six packs of White Claws and White Claw Santa Claus t-shirts as party gifts. That is why it works. In a nutshell, all right, we 22 minutes in. I'm going to cut it. Hope you guys have a happy holidays and happy new year. I should have one more episode before the year's end. And uh, thank you guys for listening, tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, as usual, hit us up at NRS underscore show on Twitter or Instagram. And if you have any questions via email, hit us up at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com. Also, leave a review. All righty. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. This is Sean 
signing off. Till next time. Peace. Peace.